You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. Hello, everyone. I'm Allison Footer, and I'm here with Rhett Bollinger, who is just days away from... Uh, reporting to his first Angel Spring training camp. So, Rhett, let's talk about some of the news that's going on with the Angels recently. One of those things is it seems that Albert Pujols is on track um, to be, I guess, healthy for the regular season. What do you think is going? What do you think his spring training is going to be like as he uh, continues to rehab from his uh, surgery last year? Well, it'll be interesting because he is healthy. He has been taking batting practice and hitting without any issues at all. He obviously last uh, August he had surgery on his knee. Uh, the good news was it was only arthroscopic, so it wasn't like it was a major surgery. Uh, so it's off season, you know. Spent a lot of time rehabbing with his strength coach, um, but the good news is now he's able to do a lot more drills and a lot more, you know, weight exercises with his knee. Um, I think kind of going into spring training, I bet they'll take it a little bit slow early. You know, get him out on the field, let him hit and everything too. But I think my guess ease him into some of the workouts and kind of ease him into the early games in terms of the Cactus League. Um, but for the most part, I think that at least by the end of spring training, he should be a full go ready for you know opening day and all that. So I think early on, I think they'll probably be cautious with him just because he is coming off the surgery. He's 39 years old. Um, but yeah, it's a big year for him. We've talked about it before, but you know, Brad Osmus said at the winter meetings that, you know, his lineups can be based on production. Um, and we know last year, the last two years, really, uh, Poole's numbers really have dipped. So um, coming into last year, they kind of thought, okay, Poole's had a healthy offseason. He could maybe have a bounce back here. It didn't happen. So now the hope is it could happen again. He could be, you know, a bounce back candidate. But at the same time, this year he put off an injury. It's hard to really know what's going to happen with him. Um, obviously, the team also signed Justin Bohr uh, to be the kind of the primary first baseman. Uh, we know Shohei Ojeda is going to come back um, at some point during the season, <clears throat> likely early in the season. So Pools kind of has a big year here. And I mean, still know, you know, he still has two more years after this one um, on his contract. So, uh, definitely a player to watch out for this year with the Angels because, you know, he has to produce to play. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if he can finally kind of bounce back because these last few years offensively uh, have definitely been down uh, by anyone's standards, especially for someone who plays first base and uh, serves as a DH. Yeah, it's interesting because Pools obviously, I mean, we know he's not the player that he was. He's certainly not the player that they uh, they had envisioned when they signed him to that monster deal that takes him into the 40s. Um, but being, yeah, he's probably working himself into more of a part-time role, which is probably not going to be uh, okay with him from a mental standpoint, but actually might help him from a performance standpoint. And that's going to be, I think Brad Osmus is one of his biggest tasks is getting him on board with whatever schedule they think is best for him. Um, you know, when you have a future Hall of Famer who is, uh, and of course, Brad was with the Astros when Craig Biggio was going through the transformation of becoming a part-time player before he retired. Um, so he's, it's just, uh, I guess there's going to be a fine line and being able to handle that. It'll be interesting to see how Austin does handle that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a big part of that uh, job for Austin is handling that because you said he's a future hall of famer. He's a big personality. Uh, you know, he, he obviously is going to want to play, but I think he's had to find out that if he's, you know, not playing well, or just the fact that there's, you know, Bohr and Otani on that roster that, yeah, bats are going to be hard to come by. But, you know, the one thing he's done well in recent years, um, he's still done well with runners on base, that kind of stuff. So maybe some of those situations that are bigger, he comes up a little bit bigger. But 
Um, it just seems that overall numbers are, are, are so down, uh, you know, in recent years. So it's hard to imagine he's going to be too much better. But you never know. Because he's a future Hall of Famer. Crazier things have happened. Um, but he just did turn 39 years old. So I do think you're right. I think that Osmus got to kind of figure out how to kind of be able to balance that that lineup. And, and at the same time, I do think Otani is going to have some of those days where he's going to be off because uh, kind of from what Billy Epler was saying, um, on days when Otani maybe has a milestone for, you know, kind of his pitching rehab, let's say, you know, that day he moves back from, you know, 90 feet to 150 feet to throw. Uh, maybe that day that he kind of makes that big jump, he might not actually play in a game as a DH because of the, the throwing stuff and the concerns of, of re-injuring himself. So there is going to be op- opportunities here for Pools to, to get some at-bats, but uh, a lot probably fewer than he had in the past. You're right. I definitely think that Osmond's had to find a way to kind of keep everybody happy, especially uh, Albert. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about Shohei Otani, but it's a uh, fact that he will not be ready for opening day. Of course, you know my opinions on this. I don't. I think that this is a bad idea to have somebody recovering from Tommy John to still be a hitter. Um, but I, th- I guess that's going to be one of the well, that's going to be the biggest thing to keep our eye on is exactly how. I mean, I guess my question is, how are they even going to be able to figure this out? Like, okay, you are definitely ready to hit at full force based on what, like, what are they going to be basing this on? And I, you know, I'm not putting out this, don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you have any idea how they're going to be able to figure this out? It's a good question. I think the big thing is going to be kind of right now, it's just a progression. You know, I, I think at this point, Otani still hasn't swung a bat. Um, it sounds like he's probably gonna start swinging a bat here um, in the next, you know, probably in the next two weeks or so. And then from there, you kind of continue to progress from, you know, swinging a bat, dry swings to, you know, flips to, you know, hitting off a tee, Team before the flips, and then you got, you know, kind of back practice, and then you got live BP. So I think once he kind of gets through all those steps, but at the same time, like you said, it's complicated because he's also going to be kind of throwing on the side too and building up his arm to pitch next year in 2020. So they are going to be cautious. So like I said, they are going to be able to have those days where he maybe makes that next step as a pitcher. They'll probably back him off as a DH that day or just in terms of hitting. So I, I think they'll probably be ready. Um, to hit, I think, sometime early in the season. Uh, but, like, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how much he's going to be able to – is he going to be able to go every day? I doubt it. I think at this point it sounds like he's going to DH a few times a week. You know, I think he's going to be the primary DH, but there are going to be some days where he's going to be not DHing because he's going to be throwing on the side. So it is kind of uncharted territory. No one's ever really kind of done this in a sense because in the past we've seen guys, you know, come back from Tommy John's position player, and it's not too complicated usually, but – they're also not pitching too as well. So yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of a kind of, I think it's going to be one of those things where we kind of go week by week and kind of just see how the progression goes. I'm sure the doctors and the trainers have it all laid out for, you know, exactly what he does this day or this week and, and then kind of go as they kind of go. But yeah, it's going to be really hard to really predict at this point how it's going to work out. <clears throat> I, I think that I can't imagine hitting is going to cause too much of a setback though in terms of injury. Um, I think it's just a different mechanic than throwing, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, the thing to watch for the angels this year for sure, because, you know, he's probably their second best hitter behind uh, trout. So they definitely want him in there. But as we talked about too, he's also probably their, their best pitcher too. So they got to be really cautious with him and make sure that they don't jeopardize anything this year, uh, just for the sake of trying to win uh, and hurt their future. Yeah. And so, especially since this is not the year that they're going to be able to contend for the, uh, 
division. They have to know that. But anyway, okay, moving on. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the best player on the planet, as we like to refer to him. So every week we like to spotlight a player for fans to keep their eye on, and we always try to dig through and find a guy who's coming to camp with some interesting story or rehabbing from an injury or looking for a bounce back season. And I'm like, hey, let's talk about Mike Trout. Dude, we never talk about him because we just take him for granted for being awesome. Um, but we'd like to see Mike Trout get to a postseason and perform well there and help his team win some games. Um, so I don't know. What's, what are your general thoughts about Mike Trout? Let's start there. Well, he is the best player on the planet. That is definitely true. It's pretty amazing what he's able to do uh, as a player. And he's so consistently good, too. And if anything, he actually almost gets better every year. Um, it's pretty insane to see just looking at his numbers and what he does offensively with the power and the speed and the ability to get on base. Uh, he really is just an incredible player. Um, and one of the things I looked at this week was a fun story we had in MLB.com about how, uh, you know, usually Trout, which is pretty amazing, uh, he averages, he usually gets to around, you know, six and war every year, wins above replacement, you know, kind of the advanced stat here. And if he only even just put up two wins above replacement this year, he'd pass a name we know very well in Craig Biggio for career war. He'd pass Chase Utley, uh, some other fun names. If he gets to three, he'd pass guys like Duke Snyder and Don Drysdale. You know, uh, even the amazing thing, too, is if he goes up to six war this year, he'd pass, you know, Manny Ramirez's career war, Edgar Martinez's, Kenny Lofton, Yvonne Rodriguez. Uh, and, and really, if he has a year like he did last year and gets up to nine war, he'd pass guys like Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, Jim Tomei's entire career already. So um, it just shows you, too, you know, his defense is a big part of his game two in center field. He's really become a better center fielder, too, uh, especially last year compared to the year before. Um, so really, he just does it all. And any weakness he has, he seems to cover it up. You know, there was that one year where I think he led the league in strikeouts. All of a sudden now, uh, he's striking out just about as much as he's walking. I mean, I think it's pretty much one-to-one. -one. Um, I think, you know, last year he struck out only two more times than he walked. The year before that, he actually walked, I think, four more times than he struck out. So his contact skills are incredible. And he puts the ball in play, hits the ball so hard. And then with the speed, he can take extra bases. So you are right. We take him for granted. I think we've talked about a lot of other people. Um, but I think at the same time, the reason we're taking for granted is because you kind of know what you're going to get from him. We know that Trout, as long as he's healthy, is going to be an MVP candidate. There's no really, there's no really ifs with him. So, many, so much of this roster, you look at, you know, can, you know, guys like Matt Harvey bounce back? Can, you know, Trevor Cahill keep it? There's so many ifs in this roster. Can Cody Allen, you know, bounce back as a closer and all these kind of things? But with Trout, there is no ifs. It's just, you know, can he stay healthy? And if he does... He'll have another incredible year. But like you said, it would be fun to see him in the postseason. It's only happened once, and it was a very quick exit uh, against the Royals, and I believe he only had one hit. There was a home run in that series. So um, it would be good for baseball if he could get there. Like you said earlier, I do think that they're most likely the road to the postseason would be as a wildcard team, um, and that's certainly a possibility, but the division would be very, very uh, tough as it currently stands uh, to overtake the Astros to win the division. But it would be good for baseball and fun to see Trout in the postseason, absolutely. So let's conclude our conversation just touching on um, the fact that this will be your first uh, spring training as the Angels uh, writer, beat writer. You cover the Twins for many years. And to me, looking at this from kind of experience, is that you are going to be very happy with um, the travel situation during spring training. Because <laughs> in Florida, you drive a lot. You Once games start, uh, road games are 
you know, sometimes two hours. Uh, you might drive five hours in a day back and forth. Uh, in Arizona, everything is just right there. Uh, is that what you're looking forward to most? Or is there something else that you might, uh, you know, kind of be thinking about as you're getting ready to head out? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely most looking forward to that. The drive will be a lot easier. Uh, the twins train in Fort Myers, which is down in the south part uh, of the state. So other than the Red Sox, uh, not too many teams are very close to the Twins, so a lot of times you'd have those games where, you know, you drive two hours to a stadium and then cover the game and then drive two hours back, so you spend, you know, four hours in your car in, uh, in beautiful Florida, which could be a little bit uh, much. Whereas it would be nice sitting here in Arizona. Tempe is pretty local, uh, kind of centrally located, easy to get to all the other ballparks. <clears throat> and it's been a long time. I haven't been to Arizona spring training since, I believe, 2011. I helped out with MLB.com for a few weeks so it'll be fun to kind of go back and see some of these stadiums and <clears throat> different teams and kind of how it all works in arizona and i'm very well versed with uh florida spring training but uh it'll be different i think too you know as a beat writer you always want to try out different restaurants too and all that kind of take in what that's offer um so you know i'll miss uh <clears throat> the beaches in florida for sure but at the same time uh you know with, with spring training you don't get too much time to get to the beach anyway it's definitely uh Know, kind of a grind every day going to the ballpark. So I'm um, looking forward to getting to know all the players too. Um, that's kind of the big difference for me was being on the Twins beat for you know eight seasons was that, you know, you got to know everybody on the roster. Uh, of course, there'll be a couple new faces every year, but for the most part, you know all the core guys, you know all the minor leaguers. Uh, whereas with the Angels, I don't really know really any of the players yet at all, personally at least. So um, it'll be fun to kind of get to know them. And then same with Brad Osmus as well. Um, I'm sure I'll get to know Brad Osmus very well with, uh, you know, spring training, talking to them before and, ever, before and after every game. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to kind of the whole thing and a fresh start and a new team to cover. Uh, it's going to be very, very exciting, and I'm uh, definitely happy about the shorter drives, but also just kind of meet these players and then definitely get started really uh, on this beat officially here in spring training. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how close these teams are. I was I my first spring training there after 15 seasons, 15 spring trainings in Kissimmee, Florida, um, I interviewed two managers with two different teams at two different ballparks before 11 o'clock in the morning. It was like, it was the greatest day I've ever had at spring training. So, um, so good for you. Well, Brett, enjoy, uh, enjoy the whole process. And thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. And we'll talk to you next time.